This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Sports, Naz and Wally Sports Hour, broadcasting live from Liberty Village here on a Sunday morning. Uh, Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Good morning, Mark. We have in studio with us this morning Mark Kennedy, our soccer soccer expert, Uh, You can find him at mistakebythelakeblogspot.com. We'll be talking a little bit about the World Cup. Big topic uh, at the end of the week, tennis. Uh, A fantastic week in uh, Canadian tennis. Uh, Milos to the semifinals and Eugenie to the finals. Uh, Probably the greatest week in, uh, in Canadian tennis. It was certainly exciting to watch. We didn't get the results we would have liked at the end, but uh, I think the best is yet to come, Naz. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jeannie Bouchard is going to be probably the top player in the next couple of years in the women's uh, section. And the men's section, I'm not sure about Raonic, uh, but uh, he's performed very, very well. Now, Pospisil, another Canadian, won the doubles. He uh, played with a fellow from the U.S., and they won the doubles championship in Wimbledon. So they did come out, Canada did come out with a victory. That's uh, certainly a remarkable week in Canadian tennis, and we want to remind our listeners that we have a fantastic tennis event coming up in Toronto, August the 2nd to August the 10th, the Rogers Cup. Uh, The best of the best will be in Toronto, and uh, it will be sponsored. uh, One of the uh, sponsors for the Rogers Cup is our sponsor, Pizzaville, and uh, they're a key sponsor for the Rogers Cup. And, uh, Naz, you've got an announcement you want to make. Uh, Pizzaville, our good friends at Pizzaville, Angelo, Nella, and Stephanie and the crew over there have, uh, have uh, donated some remarkable prizes for, uh, for people who are going to call in. Can you tell our listeners all about that, Naz? Yeah, we have two premium series bronze seats to a session during the Rogers Cup tournament held at the Rexall Center at York University, one complimentary reserve parking pass, and one $25 Pizzaville gift certificate. To the first and fifth callers now. And what is the number, Wally? The numbers are 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. First and, was it fifth caller? Fifth caller. First First and and fifth fifth caller caller will win this $250 gift pack. We've got two of them to give away. Once again, 416 Three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Call in. Um, these are uh, two hundred and fifty dollar gift values by our good friends from Pizzaville, and it's going to be a great tennis tournament at uh, York University uh, in early August. 
Anyways, Mark, Naz, World Cup is down to the short strokes now. And um, and uh, an interesting day of soccer yesterday. Your comments, Mark. I, I note that your prediction is only still half alive. You had Brazil and Belgium, so tell us what happened. Thanks for reminding me. Um, before we talk about Brazil and Belgium, though, I, I think the, the excitement of yesterday was the goalkeeper substitution decision late in the game by the Netherlands. The Netherlands and Costa Rica were in a real battle, although it was uh, appearing that Netherlands was going to find a way to, um, to win somehow. And then at the very last minute, the Netherlands changed goalkeepers, which, which was an unusual but uh, valuable strategy that the, that the Dutch pulled off there. To a brilliant, I would call it an unusual, I would call it a brilliant strategy by the, by the, uh, by the Dutch coach. Apparently that's, from what I've read, the first time or the only time that that particular maneuver has ever been done, and he came out smelling roses from that one. Unlike hockey, you you rarely change keepers in soccer because um, unless there's an injury, you you only have three substitutions to make. So you wouldn't want to waste one of your substitutions on on a keeper in that situation. But it it paid off big but time. I, I I tell you, after I saw that that new goalie in the net, and I saw the size of him, and I and uh, saw how much of the net he could possibly cover i i just it just like a light bulb went off in 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 my head it says why hasn't this ever been done before tim cruel is his name he plays for newcastle united that's his club team in england and uh he is an experienced keeper it isn't as if um he was an unknown quality but the size also helped and argentina was an interesting game uh the knock against argentina is that they can't defend and that they depend uh, on Lionel Messi to come up with something exciting and brilliant every time. And um, he is an, an exciting and brilliant player, but to expect him to come up with something every time is really asking an awful lot. He wants to be considered the world's best player, but he's human. And um, yesterday, Argentina won by defending a lot. And um, it was another player, uh, Higuain, who scored the goal early. Messi played a good game, but Argentina looks as if they are gelling as a team. Mark, what do you think of Brazil now with the uh, injury to their striker uh, and uh, the uh, suspension with the two yellow cards of Silva? There, there's a psychology in, in Brazil of, of success, they say that when Brazil falls out of the World Cup, everyone in Brazil stops watching the World Cup. And the last time there was a World Cup in Brazil was 1950, and they lost to Uruguay. And that is considered the great um, disappointment of Brazilian life and history. So having these obstacles could push Brazil into another disaster mode. That might be in the back of all the Brazilians' minds. I was also saying, though, that Brazil is a very strong team. It would be interesting to see who they pull off the bench. There is a lot of talent in that team and a home crowd, a sea of yellow, trying to find revenge, perhaps, or rectify the disaster of 1950. And we also have Julio Cesar, uh, the keeper who played for Toronto FC earlier this year, 
he might make the difference he did in penalty kicks against Chile. So I would still hope for Brazil coming through to help me get over the loss of Belgium. Just want to remind our listeners about our uh, Pizzaville Rogers Cup contest to call us in, the first and the fifth caller. Um, $250 package, some seats, some parking, some pizza. It's a really, really great package that our good sponsors from Pizzaville are uh, giving away to our listeners, and we thank them for that. Give us a call, 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Just want to tell our listeners we'll have, uh, coming up shortly after our first break, we have uh, a noted... uh, Ottawa a lawyer, Lawrence Greenspawn, is going to be talking about the controversy in Ottawa this week. Uh, Ottawa hockey's been in the news this week. Uh, the Senators, uh, Spezza leaving, but the biggest story out of Ottawa this week is the suspension of their hockey program. And we've got uh, noted lawyer, Lawrence Greenspawn, is going to come in and talk to us about it shortly after the break. Uh, getting back to the World Cup, Mark. Yeah, the Netherlands, Mark. Um, they came in waves against Costa Rica yesterday. And I was really impressed with their top three players, Van Persie, uh, Schneider, and Robin. That Robin player, that Robin guy is an amazing, amazing player. I do like to watch him play. Um, he He's almost a dancer on the field. He He has a tendency to go to his left, and yet when he comes at defenders, he does it with his dancing little stutter steps and suddenly the defenders are almost hypnotized as to which way he's going to go and the next thing you know Robin is either blasting by them to to his left or uh, drawing a foul which is um, part of his repertoire. And uh, Argentina going back to my team again. You, you We were having that talk a little bit before the uh before we went on air, Mark, and uh, Argentina may have, uh, you're telling me they may have a couple of surprises in the wings. Well, they haven't been playing Sergio Aguero, who is the star striker for Manchester City. He had quite a few injuries during this year and wasn't being used as often as he has in the past. He played one game earlier in, 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 the, in the group stage, and I don't know how healthy he was, but he seems to be healthier now. He isn't a player who seems to coexist with Lionel Messi, the Argentinian star, so he might be used as a maybe a late-game substitute or a surprise in the penalty kicks, but um, he is a, a superb player. I believe also he has a Toronto background. He was... Um, he played at BMO Field in 2007 in the Under-20 World Cup, so um, maybe one day when he's 44 he'll play for Toronto. <laughs> well, hopefully. Anyways, we'll be going to uh, break very, very shortly. Uh, just before we go to break, I uh, just want to tell everyone, when we come back from break, we'll be speaking to Lawrence Greenspawn, noted law- Ottawa lawyer, well-known, um, appears regularly before various courts. Uh, we're going to be talking about the suspension of the University of Ottawa hockey program, which uh, was in the news this week. The uh, uh, chancellor or head of that university uh, has decided to suspend that program, so we're really looking forward to talking to Lawrence Greenspoon about that when we come back.
It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I got my fill. Ponzo combo, Ponzo combo. You get two Ponzerati with two toppings each, plus two big Pepsis, the deal is a peach. Ponzo combo, Ponzo combo. Just $13.99, that's low. For show, let's, whoa. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. Visit pizzaville.ca or call 736-3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village on AM740. There was a big story coming out of uh, the nation's capital this week. Um, Alan Rock, uh, head of the University of Ottawa, uh, in, his, uh, in his infinite wisdom, in consultation with, I'm sure, some other people there, decided to administer the death penalty to the uh, University of Ottawa hockey program. Death penalty is a term used in U.S. collegiate athletics when they terminate a program. Um, obviously, some of the uh, players are not too happy about that, and they've consulted with well-known Lawyer Lawrence Greenspun, uh, partner at Greenspun Brown and Associates. He's a renowned advocate in Ottawa. On his website, quotation marks, he fights for the little guy. He appears regularly in Ontario Superior Court, the Court of Appeal, and the Supreme Court of Canada. He's an incredibly talented attorney, a lawyer, and we're really pleased to have him on the air with us this morning. Are you with us, Lawrence? I am with you with a very over, overly kind introduction. Well, th- uh, thank you very much for uh, uh, 
getting up at this uh, early hour on a Sunday morning and uh, giving us the benefit of your expertise. Uh, no can you very, very quickly uh, uh, summarize for our listeners um, uh, why you've been retained, what you're looking to accomplish on behalf of your clients? Well, uh, it began last uh, February. The uh, Ottawa University men's hockey team was up in Thunder Bay. Uh, they had a, a couple of games against the uh, the team up there. They were uh, successful on the ice. And uh, on Saturday night, uh, uh, went back to their hotel. Uh, uh, they, they went out. They went back to their hotel. Uh, there was... Uh, they were... You know, enjoying the uh, enjoying the victories and uh, the the finer things of Thunder Bay. And uh, uh, about a month later, uh, the uh, the university uh, uh, basically uh, was advised uh, through a uh, a third party that uh, there had been some uh, alleged sexual misconduct. And as a result of that, the University of Ottawa suspended the men's hockey program and uh, all the players. And uh, that was in March. Uh, I was approached about 10 days ago by several of the players who were not involved in anything uh, uh, untoward in in, uh, Thunder Bay. And uh, they said, look, uh, we, you know, we're members of this team, but we didn't do anything wrong. We've been under suspension now for several months during which time there was an internal investigation carried out by the University of Ottawa, there was a police investigation carried out, and no charges have, have been laid uh, still at this point. Uh, and uh, they wanted to know what they could do to, to get their lives back in order. A uh, number of them have suffered uh, consequences from the, from the moment that they were suspended. Uh, I, you know, I can go through those with you. And uh, instead of uh, looking at a suspension of the uh, two or possibly three players who may have been involved in, in uh, sexual misconduct. The university chose last week to uh, suspend the entire program for yet another year, and uh, uh, that's, that's really where, the, where the, the very serious problem lies. Just want to uh, uh, remind our listeners, we're listening to Lawrence Greenspawn. We're talking about the uh, termination of the University of Ottawa hockey program, or as uh, I, I think it's more correct to say, suspended for one year rather than terminated. Is that correct? Well, it, it, you know, you, you, you mentioned in your introduction, really, it's death to the program. Um, you know, it's been suspended since March, uh, but suspending it another year, uh, it re- seriously, uh, uh, seriously hurts the program and, uh, more importantly, uh, you know, the, the players in the program. One of the things that uh, Mr. Rock has said is that, oh, we're not suspending the players, we're suspending the program. I mean, it's, it's really, uh, uh, you know, playing with words. What's happened to these young men is uh, many of them didn't attend classes for, for weeks because they were shamed, embarrassed. Uh, others have been approached at social uh, gatherings and, and uh, called rapists to their face. Uh, others have... Uh, uh, lost summer job opportunities. Uh, one fellow was told not to bother coming in for the rest of his hours in a co-op program. Uh, we're sitting now in uh, uh, in July, and the announcement is made in late June. Uh, and uh, these 
these guys, many of them are on hockey uh, athletic scholarships. Uh, you know, where are they going for September? Where are they going to university? Where are they going to play hockey in, in uh, September? So it is a suspension, but it, 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 for them it's, uh, it is, uh, as, you, as you described it earlier, a, a death sentence. Have the players any? Uh, it's Naz uh, Lawrence. Uh, have the players any of them uh, been given the opportunity to go to another university instead to play hockey as an option, or is that not uh, in the cards? Well, it, it, it's you know if if they had known, I suppose if they had known in March that this was going to continue into next year, uh, they could have made efforts back then to to look to uh, transfer to other universities' uh, hockey programs. But I, I, I don't know uh, what was going on in their, their heads back then. I, I uh, imagine that what they thought, you know, the university's carrying out an investigation, the police are carrying out an investigation. Surely both the police and the university realized that, uh, you know, there was um, 20 or 21 of the, the team players were, were not involved in anything that would warrant... Uh, a continued suspension, so they didn't uh, make those efforts. Uh, now uh, it's late June, early July, uh, to try and find uh, another university that'll take them with a hockey program. Uh, it's it's extremely difficult. How many players are you representing in this? Uh, at this point, uh, uh, I've been retained by uh, almost half the team have uh, have signed up. And uh, I'm gonna. I show my little professional bias on this. Uh, uh, I, I, I've read that you're considering a defamation action. Um, what other what what remedies, uh, either civilly or administratively, might are you considering at this time? Well, the uh, what we're looking at. I mean, uh, ideally, uh, these guys didn't didn't come to me to uh, you know to try and bring a, a civil lawsuit for damages. That's that wasn't their prime interest. Their first interest was, you know, you know look, we, we just want to go to university and play hockey. We want to get back on the ice. Um, unfortunately, I don't think there's a, a legal way that I can force the university to, to do that. Uh, but, uh, that, you know, as an as a, uh, incentive for the university to try and um, reconsider its position regarding suspending these innocent young men, uh, you know, there there is a civil action, uh, defamation, uh, negligence, a breach of oral agreement uh, are all possible uh, uh, bases upon which we would we would uh, go after the right. university in, in an effort to uh, uh, try and recover uh, what these uh, young men have lost as a result of this uh, the university's actions. Lawrence, I'm gonna I'm going to presume that Alan Rock and uh, and his uh, committee or, or whoever he consulted with to make his decision um, acted in accordance with some sort of legal document or some sort of bylaw or some sort of constitution within the University of Ottawa and what what's missing what apparently is missing from that process is the concept of due process um, and is or is his decision in any way subject to to judicial review of any kind I, I remember this concept of from law school known as natural justice. Is, does any of that apply here? Well, it, it, it certainly should. The, uh, the, the difficulty is that the uh, University of Ottawa establishes these, uh, these athletic programs, and uh, unlike just about every university in the country, 
they did not until last Wednesday have uh, a code of conduct for their athletes. Uh, at, at the press conference uh, last Wednesday, Mr. Rock announced the, the new code of conduct uh, that would be in place for uh, University of Ottawa athletes going forward. But at the time uh, that the Thunder Bay uh, weekend took place, uh, there was no such code of conduct, which is, which is kind of surprising. But, um, you know, to, to at this point say, look, uh, the athletes behaved inappropriately or I think the phrase Mr. Uh, Roth used was uh, contrary to the University of Ottawa values. Um, you know, that's all fine and well, but uh, there was no code of conduct in place at the time. Uh, the majority, the vast majority of the players uh, did not do anything wrong and uh, they are and have been uh, severely punished uh, for the alleged act of a few. And uh, is that contrary to natural justice? Absolutely. Uh, is there a way that we could bring judicial review of the University of Ottawa actions? Uh, that's, that's really a, 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 an uphill battle. I, I, I don't think we're going to be able to do that, but... Uh, it's certainly something that we're considering. Yeah, I just want to remind uh, our listeners that uh, the, the actions that took place apparently, and unfortunately the problem is uh, the police haven't laid charges, so we don't know who the three individuals, the alleged perpetrators are. So I guess because of that, we don't know who they are, so everybody else gets tarred by the same brush. Uh, yeah. and, and the University of Ottawa did their own internal investigation uh, and they've decided to keep it private. So uh, we really don't know what the facts are, except there, there are allegations. No charges have been laid. Um, at what, what? And I guess the ball's in your court now are, are you, in terms of how you're going to proceed with this. Um, I guess the other question I have, we're talking about young men here. I would presume that most of them are between the ages of 18 to 22 or thereabouts. And I'm sure you've been in contact uh, or have had interviews or discussions with the parents of of these particular uh, individuals, none of them whom have done anything wrong. Uh, tell me a little bit about how the what what remarks the parents make to you, or how they feel about it. Well, the parents are that I've spoken to, and I have talked to a few of them are are just beside themselves. They they have uh, for the most part uh, their sons. Uh, have been involved in organized hockey since they were very young, and it's been a, a dream for them to, for their sons and, and for their parents, for the, to see their their young men uh, go off to university and play hockey and 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 do the two things together, uh, uh, get a university education, and uh, and then be involved in in, a, in what was a, an excellent uh, hockey program at the University of Ottawa. Uh, as I say, many of them had scholarships to uh, uh, to the university for their their hockey, and and a number of them uh, certainly had intentions of, if they could, uh, going further in hockey, whether it's uh, pro hockey or semi pro hockey or playing in Europe. And uh, this this suspension uh, and and black mark on their uh, resume and their hockey career is something that uh, is is putting a, a major uh, obstacle in front of them in, in going forward uh, in, in their hockey and university careers and it's uh, the parents are extremely disappointed uh, the ones i've talked to uh, some of them are from out of province and 
they sent their uh, sons to uh, University of Ottawa specifically uh, because it's an excellent hockey program or was an excellent hockey program. And uh, uh, they're saying, you know, look, uh, as parents, we, 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 you know, we don't inflict punishment on uh, or discipline on, uh, uh, on people who uh, haven't done anything wrong. It's so, uh, it's, it's so contrary to basic uh, human behavior. Lawrence, our time, unfortunately, is running very short, and I just wanted to get into one last topic um, in, in the sense that we're, we're all sensitive to uh, allegations of sexual misconduct or sexual assault. Those are very, very serious and uh, allegations, and, and there's obviously zero tolerance uh, for any of that. But uh, I'm just it seems to me that, that there's almost a rush to judgment here. Uh, do you have any sense of why, uh, or your, your your opinion of why the University of Ottawa moved to make this decision? Is, it, is this political correctness run amok, or is what, what's 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 behind this? I, I or really I really don't know. I, I can only speculate that it's uh, you know it's just that it's a <clears throat> it's a rush to judgment. It's a political correctness gone mad. I, I don't know why in the face of an absence of police charges. There, there may not be any police charges. Uh, there may be charges against uh, uh, two or three uh, uh, of the uh, the players. Uh, but until that, those charges, until that decision is made about the charges, uh, I, I just cannot uh, try and put myself in the shoes of the university and figure out why they've taken this action uh, uh, with such severe consequences for these innocent young men. Lawrence, uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show uh, on a a Sunday morning. Uh, We really appreciate uh, your helping us understand these very, very serious issues. And we'll certainly keep uh, an eye on this story in the coming weeks and months. Thanks again and and enjoy the rest rest of the weekend. Thanks, Lawrence. Take care. Uh, that was Lawrence uh, Lawrence Greenspan, well-noted uh, lawyer in Ottawa, a national reputation, uh, appears regularly before all the best courts in, uh, in Canada, has been retained by University of Ottawa hockey players, about eight or nine of them, who've had their hockey careers, uh, I guess, put on a hiatus uh, for who knows what amount of time. So we'll certainly follow that story and see what comes out of it. Naz, any parting thoughts on that? Uh, very difficult cases. Uh, Mark and I have been sitting back. With, he uh, he kind of said we should, we're part of the jury here. Uh, we're <laughs> with this. It's very difficult, uh, a difficult situation for these kids. And you know, you got to feel for the uh, the 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 victims too. There are victims here, of course. And uh, yeah. you know, we have to talk about that too. They, I mean, that's not a very uh, nice thing that happened, and that's got to be stopped. Absolutely, Mark. Any thoughts? I think there's a definite lack of information. We understand why there's a lack of information, but um, it, it's hard to puzzle through with the clouds of mystery. Thank you. Anyway, so we have uh, on the line uh, to talk about uh, – we're going to change topics uh, now. We're going to uh, talk about the Blue Jays, who uh, I woke up this morning. I don't think they're in first place anymore, are they, Naz? No, they're one game out One now. game out, so they're uh, – uh, going through a little bit of adversity right now. And uh, we have with us today um, from BlueJayBanter.com, uh, Tom Dakers, 
uh, who are going to talk about uh, talk about the Jays. You're with us, Tom. I am. Good and morning. good morning. How are you today? I'm good. Uh, there's no joy in Blue Jay land these days. What's going on? Um, there's a slump going on. Yeah, it seems like seems like everybody in the lineup's a little little banged up and limping around, and just hasn't been a fun couple of weeks. And any particular? I noticed they're hitting. Uh, I mean, they had uh, May was out of this world. And is this is this the new reality, or uh, are they are they're in a slump that they've got to come out of? They're in a slump. They'll they'll come out of it at some point. But um, Edwin Encarnacion getting hurt last night isn't going to help things. And Jose Batista's still limping some, and so is Adam Lind and. They got to get healthy. A player they really miss, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is Brett Laurie. He seems to be the uh, the guy that pieces everything together because he can play third and he can play second base, and he's had some pop this year from his bat. Uh, what do you think of Laurie? I'm a fan, of course. He's he's great. He's um, it does seem to take him a while to get going at the start of the season. His his swings a whole bunch of nervous twitches and bounces and it takes a while for him to get his timing down and what always seems to happen for the poor guy is every time his timing gets just right he gets hurt and we go through the cycle again but but he's so much fun to watch on defense that that i'll always be a fan so uh, we have with us this morning Tom Dakers, uh, well-known uh, blogger, bluebirdbanter.com. We talk about all things Blue Jays. Um, we have a deadline coming up at the end of July, and the Blue Jays may have some holes to fill on this roster. Uh, I noticed the A's, uh, Oakland A's, uh, went at it real uh, real quick and picked up the two guys from the Cubs, Samarja and Hamill. Uh, is, are those two guys that the Jays should have gone after? They would have liked them, yeah. Um, I don't think they could compete with the package that Oakland offered the Cubs for them. Uh, the Cubs apparently wanted uh, batting prospects, and the Jays don't really have any. Their biggest prospects are pitchers right now. Most of the Jays' batting prospects are are well down in the minors, and that they're a long way from helping yet. So I, as much as they would have been nice to have, I, in an auction, I don't think we had we didn't have the right currency for to get them from the Cubs. I'm afraid. Where do they need to improve their team? Uh, we need a second baseman or or a third baseman, depending on which one you want Brett Laurie to play when he when he comes back. We need somebody in one of those two spots that that can be can be useful in the lineup. I. Yuninori Kawasaki is fun to watch. He looks like a great teammate and everything, but he's not really a major league bat. And uh, Juan Francisco had a great start with the team, but uh, opposing pitchers have found out that if they throw things, pitches that bend at all, he has a hard time hitting them. And so that's all he's seen lately. So we really do need a middle infielder. Or, or a third baseman, whichever one you, whichever one they can get easiest, they could move Brett Laurie over to the other spot when he's healthy, and one more starting pitcher wouldn't be a bad thing either. Would you sacrifice Kobe Rasmus 
in a trade for a second baseman? Uh, depending on the guy, yeah. I don't think anybody should be untouchable. Um, Kobe's in the last year of his last last year of control. They're going to have to offer him some money after this year to keep him. So if you know if the rate deal came up, I, I'd trade anybody. But uh, Anthony Ghost, his bat's really not the same as Kobe. So you'd have to get a really good bat in the in the lineup to make up for losing him. Ghost is great in the outfield. He he's fast and he's an exciting player. And maybe with with a bunch of at bats, maybe he'd he'd be a good outfielder. But he's not going to take Kobe's place in the batting order. We have on the line this morning with us Tom Dakers from BluebirdBanter.com. We're talking about the Blue Jays. Uh, unfortunately, the Blue Jays are no longer in first place. Uh, but um, hopefully they can turn it around a bit and get uh, get a little little turnaround and a little stretch drive going when the time comes. Is the pitching good enough, Tom? It has been lately. Um, we've wasted a, a bunch of good starts lately. Um, I do think one more starting pitcher would be would help out. I'm, we're we are getting lucky with some of the pitching. Um, Marcus Stroman has been amazing, and uh, well, I didn't expect him to be this good at, at right at the start of his career. Um, but but one more guy, just so that we're not, just so we're if there is an injury in the rotation that we can uh, we can live through it would would help us a lot. I would like to see R. A. Dickey give us a good start. Or I'd like to see him come out of the game a little quicker. It just seems like every start he's left out there just a little bit too long. And I don't know why why we keep pushing him because he seems to have made it clear this year that that there's a, a ceiling for how long he can pitch. And if you leave him out any longer, there seems to be balls rocketing all over the place. What do you think of uh, we we have the Jays with R. A. Dickey and he comes out every five uh, days and pitches uh, every fifth start, right? Yeah. And uh, the catcher is Toll, who catches knuckleball pitchers. <laughs> I always had a I have a content that here we have a pitcher who pitches every five days and a catcher can only play every five days because he's not good enough to play in the major leagues. I don't understand the theory of keeping a guy like that or getting a guy like that. What's your opinion on that? Well. Most starting catchers like uh, Navarro aren't going to play 162 games anyway. No, no catcher is going to play much more than 140 or 130 games in a season these days anyway. It's a tough position. You get balls bouncing off of fingers and knees and stuff, and days off are important. So I'm not really against having one catcher for one guy, and that forces the manager to rest the catcher. You know, one one day out of five. Anyway, he's so. But Josh Toll really hasn't hit at all, and I find it hard to hard to justify using him every week. Um, in spring training, Eric Kratz caught uh, Dickey and seemed to do a good job to me, and I think he's got more potential with the bat. I I wouldn't be against 
switching the two of them around and let let uh, Kratz play play in the majors and let Toll sit down and totally sit down in uh, Buffalo waiting for an injury. Uh, Tom, Tom, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just want to get one last uh, one one last question before we go to break. Um, uh, John Gibbons has been an oft uh, criticized manager by by the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, uh, but he's been getting a passing grade uh, so far this year. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate Gibbons' performance this year? This year, considering the players he's had, the number of injuries we've had. He's, and we're still just a game out of first. I like him. He's probably uh, probably a seven if you would uh, if you would bring Paul Dickey and some of the starting pitchers when they start tiring. I'd be happier with him, but pretty good, uh, a seven. Anyways, Tom, thanks, uh, Tom Dakers, BluebirdBanter.com. Check him out. He uh, writes some very interesting pieces uh, on that site. Uh, very analytical uh, with respect to the Jays. I hope to have you back again, Tom. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Tom. Anyways, before we go to break, I just want to remind our listeners that the Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a big supporter of the Foundation Fighting Blindness. It's a great organization that's relieving suffering to thousands and hundreds of thousands of Canadians who suffer from visual impairment. Those who have suffered from that know the emotional and impacts um, that vision impairment can cause and, and uh, Foundation Fighting Blindness doing some great work. Check them out at www.ffb.ca. And uh, we'll be right back after the break with Sean Clement and Golf Wisdom. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville became the official pizza of the Rogers Cup, presented by National Bank. We are giving away 25 pairs of tickets to the finals weekend between now and July 31st, plus four front row tickets to the final match. We're the official pizza because Pizzaville Pizza is like a hard serve. It's so good, you can't return it. Boom! Details at pizzaville.ca or 416-736-3636. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Bond. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. 
There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio, the new AM740. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village. We're down to the short strokes here, Naz, and you're going to announce the winners of the Pizzaville packages for the Rogers Cup. The winners are Paul Payman from Coburg, Ontario, and Barbara Jerome from Thornhill. Those are the two winners of the amazing prize package for the Rogers Cup, sponsored by Pizzaville. Anyways, congratulations. That's a really, really great uh, prize package. And we once again, we thank our sponsors at Pizzaville. Anyways, uh, uh, we now have on the line Sean Clement uh, in our Golf Wisdom segment. Are you with us, Sean? You bet. How are you doing, guys? I'm doing great. I just want to report, Sean, I know that you consider me one of your prize pupils. Absolutely. A uh, little bit of a rough start, but uh, shot a 37 on the back nine at Glen Cairn yesterday with three birdies, the first time I've ever done that in, in, a, in a round of golf. So I want to, I want to give you thanks uh, for that. I really had gravity and momentum working for me yesterday. That's brilliant. You must have really enjoyed that. <laughs> we, was... we are not worthy after a <laughs> nine holes like that. Anyway, Sean, I just want to, once again, it's our Golf Wisdom segment with Sean Clement. Uh, You'll find Sean Clement on YouTube. If you want to improve your golf game, just like he's done with me, go check him out. He's the number one Internet guy on YouTube. He's got some fantastic material there. Uh, And, of course, www.wisdomingolf.com. Sean, what's on your mind this week, all things golf? Well, you know, uh, people are obviously finally getting out there and uh, and enjoying the season. Uh, We've had some pretty decent weather lately, and one of the the common things that I hear is, um, you know, when I go out with my buddies or when I go out with my husband, uh, I get a lot of advice, a lot of unsolicited advice. And... um, you know, just so the listeners understand, you know, all the scientific discoveries that we've had about how we learn motor skills in the last couple of decades, and, and golf is still yet to catch up with this, um, it, it is, it is uh, they say that when you're thinking internally, you're thinking about a body part, you know, keep your head down, keep your elbows straight, all that stuff, you hear, that, you hear it over and over again, very detrimental to performance because we're not wired that way. So better advice would be if somebody, let's say, is topping the ball or hitting the ground behind the ball, they're trying to hit the ball. So instead of doing that, you make them aware that the the golf club itself as a tool is a grass-cutting device. And you, you put their attention to the sole of the club and you have them cut through the grass and pretend the ball is a dandelion. They're cutting through a dandelion stem. Now, it may sound very elemental or elementary, but it is extremely effective as now your body's reacting to an external focus, and that's how we're designed as human beings on this planet. So let's say you have somebody swinging way too hard. 
uh, the first thing I, I tell them, I have a few tennis stars in my, you know, as, as students, and I say, well, if, if you were to put a ball in play in tennis and you had to put it in play and you only had one chance, would you use your first or your second serve? Sean, you raised a really interesting uh, uh, question about giving tips to your loved ones, and I've, I've got to follow up on that because yep. I think I have my wife driving down to the studio right now in the DVP, so she's probably listening to this right now. So I've got to ask, is it a good thing for a husband to teach a wife how to play golf? Well, absolutely. Um, you know, I survived it. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. just dropped out of my chair. But... Well, I, I keep telling her it's not a good thing. So that wasn't. I'm not sure that was the right answer. I keep telling her she should go check check out Sean Clement. Well, but all yeah, kidding, all kidding us. The learning together as an experience obviously is really important. So I, I encourage the husbands that to look at the videos. If they're not going to come to the lesson with their wives. They need to know how to coach them on the golf course. It can't be counterproductive. So, you know, when, if, if, if all of a sudden they say, keep your head down, honey, and I've been, I've been asking her to finish her backswing so she can whip through that dandelion stem uh, instead of shoving through it, then that's going to really put the kibosh on my, on my, on my teachings. So, you know, the, the, to, to, to tell somebody to focus on an in, internal body part is... is is not going to help them at all. It's just going to put a lot of strain on the situation. I notice when we talk about tips and um, you know training aids and and your theory of teaching, we you always come back to this grass cutting uh, yep. image. Yep. And it, well, it it goes back to the point where your your image your, you 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 try and teach feel in a golf swing rather than positions. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, th- there's so many different analogies that I use to drive the point home. Uh, you know, like I said, Home Depot is my favorite golf store. Uh, I, get, I get so many, you know, really cool things to, to show them. Because, I mean, everybody comes to the table with experience in something. They've, they know how to hammer nails. They, they, they know how to, you know, how to swing a, an axe or they know how to swing a baseball bat or a tennis racket. So we're using, you know, that experience to get them a feel. And then once they've got the feel and they know how to patch the feel in with the tool that they're using, they get amazing results. But if they're thinking about a body part, where's my body part? Well, they, use, they lose all sensation and focus on what the task is actually at hand. Sean, you know, uh, the month of April would be a great place for you to, you guys to have all your students come up to my place. I get a lot of dandelions on a three-quarter acre <laughs> lot in Nobleton, and we'd love to have you there. Well, we'll do a nice video on that. We'll, we'll bring everybody over there, and we'll, we'll, do a, we'll, we'll get all the, all the grass whips out. And uh, we'll do a nice video and show everybody how how easy how easy it is to acquire an action like that. I mean, just make sure if you if you send some guys up there, charge Naz. Don't don't let him get away with it for free. <laughs> he's, he's just trying to get out of doing some yard work. That that's no all he's, he's trying to do. <laughs> Anyways, this we've uh, we've had a blast this morning with Sean Clement. Sean, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Certainly some uh, some great advice. Uh, once again, to our listeners, Sean Clement, he's uh, top. Top guy on the internet when it comes to golf. Uh, some fantastic videos on YouTube. Sean Clement. And if you want to see him in person and you want to improve your golf game, I highly recommend you check him out at the Richmond Hill Golf Learning Center at Bathurst in Highway 7. Sean, have a fantastic week. And uh, thanks again. Thanks, Sean. You guys, all the best. All the best. That was Sean Clement www.wisdomingolf.com. Once again, if you want to improve your golf game and you're serious about the game or you're just learning the game 
uh, he's the guy to call. Uh, anyways, an interesting week. Uh, we can't go by a week without talking about the Maple Leafs. I mean, oh, I don't think we've here done we that go. <laughs> but let, let, let me tell you, we're going to just very quickly on the Leafs, then we want to finish it up with some World Cup soccer. Before this all started a, a little while ago with the Leafs, we had David Bolin, Carl Gunnarsson, Nick Cooleyman, Mason Raymond, Jay McClement, Paul Ranger, and Tim Gleason. They're all gone now. Now we have... Petri Contula, I can't even pronounce the name, Roman Polak, Mike Santorelli, Leo Komarov, Stefan Robida, and Matt Fratton. you see any improvement there, Nes? I see a team trying to get back to where they were two years ago with the speed of their team. They have added speed in that lineup there. Where, where do you see and they have Hold on, hold on, i got to call Matt, you out. Matt Fratton is a great skater. He's a great skater. He played here two years ago. Uh, he scored some highlight reel goals, if you remember back then. Isn't he just an interchangeable piece with Mason Raymond? Isn't, isn't we talking but, the know, same player? But they've added they've added more speed to their lineup, and they haven't affected their top six players. They really haven't. They haven't got rid of Kessel or Lupo or Kadri. Those guys are in the lineup. What did what did they what did they do? What did I, they give up? I, I'm sorry, Naz, but you, can you show me where they've added speed in the lineup? Where, where, other than Matt Fratton, but Com- Matt Fratton and Mason Raymond to me are interchangeable parts. Leo Komarov, he's fast. A, he he's pretty quick, okay. and he's uh, an agitator. They missed him last year on that team. Well, I'll, I'll agree. I was happy to see. Uh, I was happy to see that they picked, they got Komarov back. Although his contract has been heavily criticized. He's making almost $3 million a year for a guy, you know, 10 goals or whatever. I mean, I like Komarov as a player. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he's good as, good as you know, as, as the L.A. Kings say, he's good against the wall. Um, but he, they say, he said that a couple of times last week. <laughs> he's good against the wall, but at $3 million? That's the going rate, Wally. That's that's what they have to pay these guys. Kuhlman is signed for four years at four point three million dollars, and Grabowski signed for four years at twenty million dollars. Oh well. Anyways, the Leafs. We could talk forever. Uh, never never end up talking about the Leafs. But uh, we've got another big week in World Cup soccer. Next Sunday's the the big enchilada. Who are we going to see in next Sunday's game, Mark? And who's going to walk away with that little gold trophy? You have to remember there's also a third-place game on Saturday. Does anybody so, care about that? Well, I have to cover myself because <laughs> okay. if, I, if I stick my neck out and give you a prediction for next Sunday and I'm wrong, I can easily say, oh, I was referring to Saturday. Okay. So um, Next Sunday, tell us. <laughs> We're waiting. I think it will be Brazil and the Netherlands. I think the Netherlands will find a way to get past Argentina, but Argentina has magical powers. Will their magic show up in their semifinal? The Tuesday semifinal is Brazil and Germany. We talked earlier, Brazil seems wounded. Germany is always efficient. My heart is with Brazil. So my choice there is is Brazil will get past Germany, the Netherlands will get past Argentina. Therefore, you will have a European-South American final and, of course, a European and South American third-place game on Saturday. Okay. You'd certainly dodge that question. (laughs) Okay, so we got Brazil and the Netherlands. Who wins? What's the score? Two to one for Brazil. 
So the Netherlands is that's going to be the fourth time they've been in a World Cup final and they've yet to win. I once traveled to the US of A in 1994 and saw a Brazil Netherlands semifinal and I still think it appears as a top 10 all-time World Cup game. It would be a fantastic game to see Brazil Netherlands in the final. Top World Cup game of all time. I was there. And it was Dallas, 1994, Brazil, 3, Netherlands, 2. Oh, I remember that game. Top game for you, Naz, that you remember? Of course, the Italians. Okay, <laughs> real quick, we got, we, got, we, got, <laughs> we got 20 seconds. Get it out quick. I'm going to say Germany and the Netherlands, and you won't be able to get out of the studio next week around here because there's full of Dutch people in this area, and you okay. won't be able to get out. Argentina's going to beat Germany. And Argentina is going to be the World Cup champion. We'll talk to everybody again next Sunday morning here from Liberty Village on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Have a fantastic week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.